Alright, welcome back to Learning the Word of God podcast. I'm glad y'all, glad to have y'all back here again. And I hope y'all having a blessed, blessed day. Uh, today, I want to talk about the assurances that believers have. Because as believers in Christ, we are assured certain things by Christ. And to go over this, I'm, we're going to go to John chapter 10, verses 22 through 42. Again, that's John chapter 10, 22 through 42. And it was at Jerusalem, the Feast of Dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple of Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. <clears throat> so the Feast of Dedication, well, it's, a, uh, it's a festival that was set up by Judas Maccabeus to commemorate the purification of the temple and the renewal of temple worship after the three years of, uh, of profanation by Antiochus Epiphanes. And the festival, beginning on December the 25th, lasted for eight days. And they'd, this has also been known as the Festival of Lights. Now, the Jewish record Jewish records show that the oil lamps that were lit for the celebration only had enough oil for one day, but they burned for eight. Since this celebration was intended for great rejoicing, all fasting and public mourning were prohibited. Uh, so Solomon's porch now, we'll go on to it. I just want to let y'all know what the uh, feast of dedication was. Now, what's Solomon's porch? Solomon's porch was the exterior of the temple in Jerusalem. It was on the east side, and it was about 600 feet or 400 cubits high from the foundation in the Valley of the Kingdom. So Jesus said, walks into the temple of Solomon's porch. And then these three Jews come and ask him, How long are you going to make us doubt? If you are the Christ, if you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Because if you, you know, think about it, Jesus has been telling them, but he's been telling them in parables. Because they really don't want to hear. But Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Now, John 8.47 says, 
he that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. So Jesus is telling them, I've told you. I've told you verbally. I've told you by my actions. But you haven't believed me. Because all of the works I do are in my Father's name. They come from my Father. So he's saying all the miracles, the healings, uh, the uh, well exorcisms that he, he had done by casting out demons, just every miracle that is listed in the Gospels. He's saying these works are from my Father. And I do them in his name. Yet you still don't believe me. So, the Pharisees, no matter what he'd done, they wasn't going to believe that Jesus was their Messiah. And he's telling them that. You don't believe because you are not really of God. You know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the tax collectors, they was more about themselves. You know, they used their positions to help themselves, not to do God's work. And Jesus is what he's telling them. If you were, well, I'll just read it again. He that is of God heareth God's words. Now remember, that's John chapter 8, verse 47. He that is of God heareth God's words. You, therefore, hear them not, because you are not of God. Now, that's, that was a pretty harsh reprimand, but he wasn't sugarcoating it. He was telling them the truth. You know, he he was harsh with them because he was trying to open their eyes. But as we know, it didn't work out. You know, it, it didn't work for him. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now we'll look at John chapter 6, verse 37 for a second. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So, verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Christ is telling them, If you were of God's, you would know my voice, and you would follow me. But since you don't, since you are constantly ridiculing me, testing me, uh, trying to find fault against me, you are obviously not one of mine because I don't know you and you don't know my voice In verse 28 he says and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish I give my sheep eternal life so they will never die church we are his sheep 
He is the great shepherd. So when we know his voice and he knows us, we've accepted that free gift of that blood. He gives us eternal life so we never truly will die. We may die from this world, but we are not truly dead. We are just asleep, waiting for the second coming to be called out of the grave and up into the clouds to meet him. So John 18.9 says that the saying might be fulfilled which he spake of them which thou gavest me have I lost none. Everyone, every sheep that God the Father has sent to the shepherd Jesus Christ, our Savior, he has not lost a single one. <laughs> if they were his, he kept them. Who or what could possibly pluck anyone or anything out of the hands of God? I don't know of anything powerful enough. Now, verse 29 says, My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. So, Jesus is telling them, God gave these people to me. And he is greater than everything. So there is no man or force of nature on this earth that can pluck them out of my father's hands. <coughs> Excuse me. And John chapter 17, verses 6 through 10, he says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst, didst send me. <clears throat> I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. So right here, Jesus is kind of he's kindly proud he's proud of the apostles he's proud of the ones that God sent to him that, that God had given him because of how quickly they understood and believed yeah they had a lot of trouble believing some of it sure I mean it was obvious it's obvious when you read the gospels that they didn't quite get everything. 
but they knew without a shadow of doubt that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, God with them. And I mean, it's just he knows that God gave them to him and uh, he taught them the word. He taught them the gospel that Christ was sent to, to preach and to teach and to die for and they kept it and they knew God had sent him. So I mean, what else can you say? Jesus says, and I am glorified in them. They glorified Christ by following what he taught, by following what he commanded, and by understanding who he really was. Okay? So let's get back into chapter 10 here of John. And we're on verse 30. I and my father are one. He's, tell, he's talk, still talking to the Jews, the Pharisees and Sadducees and such. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Why did the Jews take up stones to stone Jesus? I mean, why such an angry reaction to him saying that him and his father are one? Well, here's the answer. That's exactly why. Because he said him and God are one. To the Jews, this was blasphemy because he had just made himself equal with God. Well, they missed the whole point. He said, me and God are the same. It's not me and him and we're equal. No, no, no. It's me. It's him. Us two are one. We are the same. He is me and I am him. And they just couldn't get that. So Jesus answered them. Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of these works do ye stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, make thyself God. Like I said a second ago, the Jews did not, would not believe that Jesus was the Son of God, let alone God in human form. Because it would take away their authority, it would take away their power and their prestige. Remember, they was using, they was, they was corrupt, they was using their positions for their personal gain, not for the glory of God, and not for the honor of God. They made big shows of it out on the street in front of crowds, in front of people. But the truth was, 
They was in it for themselves. Now John chapter 5 verse 18 says, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but it said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. So right there, this sh that shows that this time right here in verses, uh, in verse 33 and 32, well, 30 through 33, I'm sorry. In verses 30 through 33, was not the first time that the Jews attempted to stone Christ for the exact same thing, pretty much. So they was just looking for any and every excuse to do away with Christ. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? Now, gods right here is not talking about God as in God the Father. If you look in your Greek concordance, uh, 23.16, it defines gods as used in this context like this. Spoken of leaders of Israel as representatives of God in the Jewish theocracy. Okay, so that's what they're meaning by gods. So he's saying, uh, he's saying, is it not written in your law, in the Torah, in the Old Testament, I said, you are leaders of Israel as the representatives of God. You are the leaders in Israel and you are representing me, is what he's saying. Now, Psalm 82.6 says, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. So, right there, Psalms, same thing. Jesus just told them, you know, is it not written in your law? I said, ye are gods. Jesus is talking in the first person. I, did I, said you are gods. Well, obviously Jesus wasn't around in the time of King David when Psalms was written. So, there's another time he's showing right there that him and God are one. They are the same. Now, God in Hebrew is... Elohim, which is used of God in reference to his office of judge and diviner of justice. Now, men were given the responsibility of representing this office. So what's being said is that you are the representatives of God, and under his divine judgment and punishment for our misdeeds. <clears throat> So these people are supposed to be God's representatives on earth. You know, they're supposed to judge by the law, by the Torah, God's written command. And if they judge accordingly, then God's going to judge them accordingly. But if they judge 
off their own selfish greed and means and their own vendettas, if they judge unjustly, then God will merit out to them what they have merited out. So, you know, to, that should have scared them. That should have made their knees quake. Now, yes, some of them it probably did. And those are probably the ones that converted. But for the ones that didn't, they was just relying on their works. Pretty sure they was in trouble. Alright, verse 35 says, If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him, whom the Father hath sanctified and sent to the world. Thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. Okay, so he called them, if he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him, whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. He's, he's telling them, if, if God has called you gods, because you're the ones who the Word of God came, hello, Jesus is the Word of God, the scriptures cannot be broken. But you call me blasphemous because I said I am the Son of God. If you will, turn over to John 3.17. It says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn, but that the world through him might be saved. So God did not send Jesus to condemn the world. He sent here to save it. He sent Christ here to save this fallen world. And they couldn't see it. John 5 verses 17 and 18 says, But Jesus answered them, My Father worketh here the two, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because not only he not only had broken the Sabbath but said also that God was his father making himself equal with God so again another time they're wanting to stone him and they're wanting to kill him for saying that him and God are the same they just cannot get their heads around that if I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe me not, believe the work, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I am him. Now the Jews believed Jesus to be a sinner. They couldn't believe he was the Son of God even though they themselves have witnessed so many of his miracles and his works that 
our Heavenly Father done through him. They believed, they believed now that his works came from the devil. Why would they believe something like that? Because what Jesus was teaching was a threat to them. As we said before, it was a threat to their authority and their power and their positions. John 15, 24 says, If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. They've seen the works. They can't, they can't deny that he's done miraculous things no other man can do. But instead of recognizing for recognizing it for what it is that that he is of God, that 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 God's power is through him is running through him to do these miracles, they want to say he he works through the devil. Now, it's it, it that that don't make sense. Why would the devil go after his own for one? That would be idiotic in any standpoint. But Jesus has told them, if you don't believe me when I tell you, that's fine. You know, that's actually smart. Don't believe everything you're told. But he says, believe the works. Believe the miracles that I've performed. Believe what I have done and you have seen with your eyes. But still yet they wouldn't. Which led them to blasphemy against God and Jesus and to hate them both because you can't hate one and love the other they're the same <coughs> uh, John 14 verses 10 through 11 believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. He's telling them, look, believe me because I'm telling you, and you can see and know, or at least believe because what you have seen and witnessed with your own eyes the works that I have done in my Father's name. You know, I'm doing this so you will believe. But, they have eyes and cannot see and ears that cannot hear. So, verse 39, Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand. You know, it's funny, because Jesus had a knack for escaping every time they went to take him before his appointed time at the at the Garden of Gethsemane. Which just proves what Jesus says to Pilate in John nineteen eleven, you could have no power at all against me except it was given to you from above. If it was not God's will, Jesus would not have died. 
but his love for us, his, cre his creation, gave Pilate and the Jews the power to hold and kill him to give us a clear path to salvation. It wasn't the nails that held Jesus on that cross. It wasn't the prison cell and the shackles that would have kept him inside his jail cell till the time of crucifixion. And it wasn't the rope or the chains that bound him to the post while he was scourged. At any time, he could have freed himself from any of that. I mean, think about it. What if he just said, enough! Enough, I'm done. You people don't get it now. You're never going to get it. I'm done. And he left and went to heaven then. We'd all be on a one-track path. But because of his love, his immense, abundant love, he suffered every bit of that. He suffered everything that he got got put through because he loved us and he wanted us to have a way to get to heaven to be with him because he wishes none to perish but all of us to have eternal life. John 7 verses 30 and 44 say, just the two verses, they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. Verse 44, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. So this ain't the first time they've tried to take him and he's gotten away. If it had been his time, they could have laid hands to him. They could have arrested him and took him. Not before. Verse 40. Well, let's back up to 39. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand and went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode. So what's saying is Jesus fled to, uh, to Bethbara, and which you can see in John 1.28, that that is where the John the Baptist done his first baptizings at or baptisms excuse me and many resorted unto him and said John did no miracle but all things that John spoke of this man were true and many believed on him there so these people had also seen John the Baptist and they knew him they knew what he said and what he done. And they're saying. He's done. John did no miracles. But everything he told us. About the one coming after him. Is true. You know John he never healed. He didn't feed. Thousands of people with. Next to nothing. But what he did do was he proclaimed. About Christ. And the miracles he would perform. And his teachings. And the people that followed Jesus to Bethbara had heard what John said about Jesus and then witnessed these deeds for themselves as well as the miracles 
and they believe. They believe because they heard first and then witnessed what they had heard. What they were told, they witnessed and they believed. Pharisees and Sadducees, they also heard what John the Baptist had to say. And then they witnessed it with their own eyes, but they still did not believe. Uh, John 11.45 says, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Seeing is believing. You know, I can sit here and tell you something all night long. <coughs> Excuse me. But you don't know if it's truth or not unless you see it with your own eyes. So seeing is definitely believing. If you'll let yourself believe. Pharisees and Sadducees wasn't because it wasn't against, it wasn't in their best interest. But so many people believe because they witnessed the miracles that Jesus performed. They witnessed the love, the kindness, and the mercy that he showed. Now remember, no weapon brought against our Lord Jesus can prosper. He escaped not because he was afraid to suffer, no, 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 but because his time had not come. If he known how to deliver himself, he knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and make a way for us to escape. Jesus knew how to deliver himself out of the hands of the Romans and the Jews alike. So don't you think if he knew how to free himself, that he also knows how to free us? I promise you, he knows how to free us. He's already opened the path. Brothers and sisters, if anybody hearing the sound of my voice has not accepted that free gift, I want you to know that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Yesterday's past. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. So if you are listening to me right now and you have not accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior, I want you to first ask yourself three questions. One, how did I get here? Two, what am I doing here? And three, how am I leaving? All right. And then I want you to read also, everything I just said, you know, that's why I tell y'all verses and reference points, because I want you to do it yourself. Don't believe me. I'm a, a fallible human. I can get stuff wrong and do, but read it for yourselves, because remember, seeing's believing, right? The people heard what John had to say about Jesus. Then they saw what he done with their own eyes and they believed. 
So you've heard what I've had to say about Jesus. Now go see it for yourself. Like I said, today is that day of salvation, guys. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed the next five minutes. You're not guaranteed the next ten seconds. So if you've not given your life, don't wait till it's too late. Because once you take your last breath, it's too late. He shed his blood because he loved you. He loves me. And he loved, he loves everybody there is. But he will not abide by sin. He will not abide by evil. And if you have not accepted that free gift, that redeeming blood, then you are in sin because we are all sinners. So like I say, today's at is the day of salvation if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and confessed your sins and repented of your sins to him then I'm begging you stop what you're doing right now and pray ask for forgiveness you know if you tell Jesus you know you're a sinner you know you don't deserve that eternal life and his glory and you tell him, I'm sorry for the sins that I've committed. Lord Jesus, please enter my heart. And please wash me clean with the blood you shed on Calvary. Just pray and ask him to enter your heart and be your Savior. And with that, guys, I thank y'all for listening to this third episode. And for being with me on this journey. And I hope it edified you I hope it sanctified you I hope it convicted you y'all just have you in a blessed evening and a blessed weekend and remember God loves you so so much more than you could ever know but as a just God he can't abide with sin and evil but he, he does love you. I promise you, he loves you. And with that, I love y'all. God loves you more. And we'll see you next time.